Hi, and welcome to Does This Make Me Look Old? A podcast about aging as gracefully as possible when you're just not ready. We're two 40-something-year-old friends who find themselves kind of straddling that really odd period of time when aging and everything that it's associated with is starting to become a much bigger part of our lives. We're definitely curious, but at the same time, rather terrified about aging. I'm Shiv. I'm a health science nerd and pop culture fiend. And I'm Sim, an adult-in-waiting obsessed with finance and self-help books. We're going to be talking about the stereotypes of aging and how they affect us. And we'll also be doing some deeper dives um, into some interesting topics, such as what it's like to get old in the society, dating when you're older, and scientific advancements in anti-aging products, and even evolution and scientific thinking around aging. And throughout it all, we chat, rant, laugh about our adulting mishaps, of which there are so, so, so many. So join us as we navigate our second quarter life crisis. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Does This Make Me Look Old? I'm Sim. And I'm Shiv. And uh, yeah, we're here today because we actually wanted to talk about something that probably everyone is talking about. It's the new it word, if we're still keeping up with those things (laughs) post-pandemic, but it just seems much as relevant. In fact, probably more relevant than ever. Mental health and well-being. I see the look on your face. That's why I'm just laughing. <laughs> you're like, yes. <laughs> like, yay. Let's talk about mental health. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is, the, well, was this your idea or was this my, or our both idea? I forget. I forget. I think whose we've idea just been talking about, because we've just been talking about mental health a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hi, and welcome to Does This Make Me Look Old, a podcast about aging as gracefully as possible when you're just not ready. We're two 40-something-year-old friends who find themselves kind of straddling that really odd period of time when aging and everything that it's associated with is starting to become a much bigger part of our lives. We're definitely curious, but at the same time, rather terrified about aging. I'm Shiv. I'm a health science nerd and pop culture fiend. And I'm Sim an adult-in-waiting obsessed with finance and self-help books. We're going to be talking about the stereotypes of aging and how they affect us, and we'll also be doing some deeper dives um, into some interesting topics, such as what it's like to get old in the society, dating when you're older, and scientific advancements in anti-aging products, and even evolution and scientific thinking around aging. And throughout it all, we chat, rant, laugh about our adulting mishaps, of which there are so, so, so many. So join us as we navigate our second quarter life crisis. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Does This Make Me Look Old? I'm Sim. And I'm Shiv. And uh, yeah, we're here today because we actually wanted to talk about something that probably everyone is talking about. It's the new it word, if we're still keeping up with those things (laughs) post-pandemic, but it just seems much as relevant. In fact, probably more relevant than ever. Mental health and well-being. I see the look on your face. That's why I'm just laughing. And you're like, yes. Like, yay. Let's talk about mental health. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is, the, well, was this your idea or was this my, or our both idea? I forget. I forget. I think idea we've just been talking about, because we've just been talking about mental health a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about it here because, well, we might as well just talk about it here. <laughs> There's no plus. I think it's an important topic. Um, I know. I know. Relevant I had, now and, um, you know. And it might end up becoming relevant later. I feel like we should like put the caveat that we're starting to talk about it now. We may end up talking about it in multiple episodes later. <laughs> right. Uh, I feel like it's like an ongoing thing, right? No, definitely an ongoing thing. So maybe maybe the best thing to do is to start off with, how are you doing? Eh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, it's so funny. Well, because like the thing is, it's like I uh, – and I think this is the issue with mental health. Like I just the fact that I can't even really tell you how I am, I think speaks volumes to the way that we think about mental health because – Everybody just wants to put a brave face on it, right? Everybody wants mm-hmm. to be like, I'm fine and doing great, you know? And it's just like, no. I mean, I'm not doing awfully. Like I like I've had I've had episodes where I've done worse, but I don't know. Like I just feel like burnt out, you know? And I mm-hmm. just Yeah. I'm just burnt out. <laughs> See, as you were speaking, you were already putting the caveats in place, right? You're like, well, I've had worse episodes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like you're trying to put it, you know, in a way that's digestible for the audience or for me, you know? And you're like, yeah, well, yeah, I've exactly. had worse. So it's not that bad. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably the brave face you're talking about, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel um, like I know I'm guilty of that, too, so. Yeah, I know. I feel like everyone does it, right? Where you're just like, it's a, it's one of those things where people ask how we're doing and nobody actually really wants the answer, <laughs> which is like, I'm not doing so great. Especially now, right? Is <laughs> yeah. now because I feel like everyone is not doing so great, um, yeah. at least on average. There are aspects of our lives that's just feeling a lot more stressful somehow. Yeah, exactly. I know that's certainly the case for me. So, I mean, so maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but it just feels like there are more people who, when you get real and deep um, with them, they actually all admit for, you know, in one way, shape or form, they are struggling, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, whether it's um, other types of, you know. Depression. or Depression. Yeah. Yeah, or any other mental health disorder, really, right? Yeah, Yeah. and I'm not, I mean, obviously, I'm not a doctor of any kind. So the caveat being, if you feel that you need to talk to someone, please reach out to family, friends, and professional support. So, you know, um, don't don't let it fester in your head. Um, And that's actually part of the reason why we wanted to talk it out here as well, because, um, you know, we figure it's better to share (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I mean yeah well I mean how are you feeling currently in this Um, sort of post-pandemic ish uh, you know it's world it's not funny I was gonna say it's funny but no um it's not funny um the thing is I think when the pandemic started there was a different type of um feeling right so you were kind of like you know, in lockdowns, you were kind of like really socially distanced and, and all of that. And uh, there was an you, element you of working from home too. Oh, I was yeah. working from home, like literally yeah. from March, Mar- uh, last March. Um, so very lucky. And so what I found, though, was that over time, 
it became a thing where I couldn't explain why I was feeling frantic and and frazzled and anxious all the time. But at the same time, I always felt, and I still do, feel the need to sort of then say, but we're so lucky. Um, Oh, and I'm so lucky. Oh, I get to work from home and I don't have to expose, you know, uh, get exposed to uh, Corona outside or... um, you know, oh, I'm so lucky I get to work from home um, and it was an easy pivot or I'm so lucky I'm healthy and I'm safe and, you know, I haven't yeah. lost my job or I haven't done this or whatever. Yeah. And of course, like, all like of that. Your is situation true. is so much better than other better people. Better than other yeah. people, right? Which, yeah. which in, in the grand scheme of things, yes, it is actually probably true with all the crazy stuff that's been happening around the world um, and all the, you know, uh, things. Yes, it's definitely true. But I also feel like that kind of almost adds a layer of anxiety um, where it's like the masking is even deeper in some mm. ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess my other question is, is like, I guess when you do feel issues around anxiety or, you know, fear or like depression or whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. do you or like, you know, you're kind of frazzled panicky kind of feeling mm-hmm. like do you feel like when you do the masking it makes you feel like when you have those anxiety feelings that you shouldn't really yes, you know what I mean exactly. because you're like everything's so amazing like I can work from home I can be healthy blah 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 like I mm-hmm. shouldn't be feeling anxious exactly things are better for me compared to somebody else exactly so it's it's very odd because you're feeling anxious you're feeling nervous you know all of those feelings but you're also feeling guilty for feeling that way yeah um you know and it's it's it hasn't been pretty I won't lie <laughs> um, <laughs> um and and I actually it but Somehow, though, I feel it's gotten worse in 2021, even though things have gotten better with regard to Corona. Right? Yeah, I I know. know. I don't know if I'm if I'm just imagining it, but I feel like it's gotten worse somehow. Yeah, I know. I think it's because like, at least for me, um, it's strange because like when I went to work, things were actually just as busy as they were pre-corona like I thought that Mm -hmm. things would die down because I was just like oh you know like people aren't going to be coming into the clinic visits anymore I'm sure like elective surgeries are being you know delayed like you Mm -hmm. know like there aren't as many patients but actually it wasn't like it wasn't like we didn't have a downturn (laughs) yeah like we didn't have a downturn we were just as busy as before and sometimes we were busier like just just because of the nature of the work we do, like I think Corona was actually like causing more abnormal findings, which meant more testing, which meant more testing coming to us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So it's funny because, because of Corona, everyone was just like, Oh, like, um, and in many institutions, this happened like in the States. Cause like I was talking to my colleagues in the States as well. And it was the same thing where it was just like, everyone was like, kind of pushing things towards like coronavirus testing and whatnot. And so it caused like log jams in other areas of medicine. And so, um, but it kind of gave you a pass because like if at least, and especially being in like academic medicine where you're like, 
you have other duties beyond like just the clinical work. You have like research and teaching and, you know, like all these other things that you're supposed to be doing. And so like Corona almost gave you a pass because it was just like, oh no, we're busy with Corona. Like I can't look at this stuff right now, right? Like mm-hmm. even research, even on the research side, they'd be like, oh, you know, like supply chains have been disrupted, like research, like like reagents for um, doing like like wet bench research have like all um, have all kind of gone by the wayside. Like here, we'll give you extra money in order to, you know, pay people that you have to keep on the payroll, even though you're, you're not actually, you know, doing any work. And so like, so in the scientific community, they were like, it's okay. You have a buy, you have like an extra year, no worries. Mm -hmm. But now like, we're all kind of past that. It's like, oh, we understand Corona. We understand the testing. Everything's like, even though there are like, even though like we were in the middle of the fourth wave, you're still kind of expected to kind of go back to normal. It's just like, oh, like it doesn't matter. Like things are almost the same. Like it's almost like status quo. It's just like now you just have Corona on top of it. So (laughs) does that make you more anxious in some ways? I Well, yeah, I mean, it makes me more anxious because I was just like, oh, now I like now there's been like a delay with all my research activities, but like Mm -hmm. I have to complete them. (laughs) You have to catch up because all of a sudden they they expect things to have been done. Yeah, Even though there was a. Yeah, exactly. I totally I totally get that, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, like, I don't. Okay, I was going to say something and I'm like. Say it. Should I be saying it? Anyway, no, I was going to say, like, I don't expect anyone to be, like, playing the, like, the tiniest violin in the world for me. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like my life is awful, but, like, but it is anxiety-inducing, and I think this is the catch-22, right? Like, mm-hmm. you feel like shit, but then you you feel the guilt because you're just, like, things but aren't that bad for yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. I shouldn't exactly. feel like shit, and then yeah. that just creates this perpetual cycle of feeling worse. And and yeah. I think that's it exactly where, um, you know, same thing where I'm like, why am I not being able to feel better about certain things? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, my ment. but I guess it's easy to sort of, but it speaks volumes um, because it's easy to sort of, sort of forget that how much we as a society uh, discount a mental health. Like yeah. if it was something to do with your physical health, people would be like, are you going to a doctor? Are you okay? Do you need a crutch, a Band-Aid, a, a salve, an ointment, some medication? For sure. For Whatever, sure. right? So that yeah. level yeah. of checking in, that concern um, and even how you seri- how seriously you take it would differ uh, from yeah. mental health because first of all, it's not easy to figure out that hey, I'm not feeling that great. Um, my level of you know emotional instability or my uh, connectivity with people, like whatever defines mental health, I'm not you know fully versed in that one. But but your baseline, you're basically like away from your baseline, right? And you right. can like can tell that there's like a difference, right? Yeah. And it's affecting your, like, and it could, well, I mean, it may or may not affect your function. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I've been having trouble sleeping. um, Like, there'll be days where I'm like sleeping two, three hours, and then I sleep for 14 hours, you know, (laughs) not 14, but 12. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's not that different, but do you know what I mean? And, 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 
you've known me long enough to know that that's weird. Like I'm the type of person who usually wakes up at like five o'clock in the morning. And nowadays I'm like, some days I'm up at five, some days I'm up at seven, some days I'm up at noon. (laughs) And I, I know. And the noon noon routine, the noon freaks me out because I'm just like, what? (laughs) When do you sleep until noon? (laughs) Oh, I know. And and then I'm like, okay. No, but you know, it's, um, but you know, it isn't just us. And I think like, one of the parts that, um, that I do wonder or worry about is how has it been impacting, um, uh, you know, people, older people in our communities, right? Especially the people who are living by themselves um, or they live in nursing homes or like, I don't know, like that part also kind of really bothers me just thinking about it because it has been so challenging for everyone, um, yeah. you know, going out and about. Uh, but when you perhaps rely on other people for support, uh, f- especially physical support. Like, I wonder how how difficult it must have been. So, yeah, yeah. And I mean, actually, I could see that having downstream effects, which is why I think that we should really advocate for for increased funding and support for mental health. Because like, if you think about it, like, it, yeah, like if as an older adult, you're dependent on other people, but then the people that you're dependent on are undergoing mental health issues, right? then it can, it can actually foster mental health issues in yourself. Like even if you didn't have them before, because you're just like, you know, now maybe you can't go out or mm-hmm. get your groceries or like, you're not socializing like, nor- like you normally would. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really problematic. I mean, it's funny. Cause, um, I was just thinking, cause, uh, s- s- Sim had done like some research and had uh, looked up some articles. And uh, one of the statistics that you were reading out to me was that what was it like one in two people would after mm-hmm. the age of 40 would have like by or, age of 40 oh, by, by age of 40. OK. And like has already had like will one, have or have had a mental illness, had, like a mental health issue. Yeah. Which is really yeah. like and going back to the point about like the fact that we obviously don't take mental health as seriously as we should because if any disease affected one in two people there would be multiple fundraisers for it it would be like there would probably be like governmental regulations around it (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like if it was like one in two people are getting like diabetes or cancer then like Mm -hmm. yeah You would have like it's it's kind of like those anti-smoking campaigns right like in the 90s suddenly like we decided no you can't smoke indoors anymore because you're putting mm-hmm. everybody at risk for lung cancer and look now we don't have like you know now our like not that lung cancer doesn't affect people but it doesn't affect people quite at the rates that, that it did the, before were. right yeah. and so yeah and so it's just like if yeah like i just don't understand if it's like what do people like how come how come we're all kind of like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, what's funny. I don't know why I keep like using the word funny when none of it is funny, <laughs> but in any given year, it says, um, and this is an, um, a CAMH article, I think, or CMHA.ca articles, Canada Mental Health Association. Um, and, oh, okay. and yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's not CAMH. Yeah. That's no. So yeah, I know. I just uh, screwed up. Um, so it, it says here that in any given year, one in five people personally experience a mental health problem or illness. And 
I don't know if this is, I think this is probably 2019 numbers because there's another 2019 reference. But so now 2021 post pandemic, I just can't imagine how much more, if, even if the numbers are the same, I imagine the intensity of it. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, or, or, or the degree of it is probably, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, if, if that, I have a feeling the numbers have changed for for the worse. Like it I can't see I can't see the numbers having maintained their status. Like I think that mm-hmm. uh I'm sure that more people have come down with um you know with mental health issues and I'm sure the intensity of it for people who are already undergoing mental health issues has probably increased. So it's like a double whammy, you know. Um the <laughs> no, other thing that I find yeah. Like the other thing I find in, I mean, interesting is probably not the best word, but like, yeah. So I was looking mm-hmm. through like the uh, World Health Organization and they actually have, um, they have a publication on mental health of older adults. And um, since this is an aging podcast, <laughs> they heard we would talk about it. But um, yeah, so basically uh, they were saying that, um, yeah, so in among older adults, approximately 15% of them age 60 and over will suffer for like suffer from a mental disorder and that um yeah uh, yeah. and and what was what's really upsetting is that um Mm -hmm. so the cdc actually i don't think it was the cdc i think it was the hang on i'm gonna get this right because i don't want to misquote somebody but it's um the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, but basically what they have said is that in 2019, um, the rate of suicide was highest in middle-aged white men, um, accounting for about 69% of suicide deaths, which is kind of crazy. And, and like, and yeah. And I've read that apparently that like the suicide rate actually increases among people who are 45 to 64. And then there's also another bump um, at the age of like 85 and up. So that's like, oh, I don't know. It, it's just not. It's heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. It, that actually kind of jives with a similar thing um, in, in the CMHA uh, HA website where they were talking about that mm-hmm. mortality rate due to suicide among men is three times the rate among women, but that girls and young women are three times more likely to harm themselves and be hospitalized. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I remember when I was in forensics, that's what they, that's what they would also say. So this has been like, mm-hmm. so that, that's, that's like a well-known statistic and it's mainly because, and this is really sad, but it's because men choose more lethal methods of, of like s- attempting suicide. So, oh, so for example, like a woman might decide like, and then not to generalize, but like on average, like women will choose like less lethal methods. So like they'll use like pills or or they'll cut themselves or something. But like there's there's a way there they they could potentially be saved from that. Like if somebody catches them, mm-hmm. then they could you know get their stomach pumped or you know they you could sta- staunch the bleeding somehow, right? But like men, for example, will probably use more lethal methods, which is like firearms mm-hmm. mainly. So. Oh. Um, so that's, yeah. So it's, it's kind of um, sad. Uh, what was the age group that you had just referenced? Uh, was it 50 to 64 adults? No. So it actually increases from 45 and onwards. Okay. Okay. So like there's, yeah. 
Yeah. So there's a group that like, I think it's about, it's about 19% or so mm-hmm. in like 45 to 54 year olds, another 19% in 54 to 65, and then about 20% from like 85 and oh, up. Oh, wow. Um, the University of Michigan actually apparently yeah. did a research. Um, basically, it's the mental, and and they're basically saying that um, there's there's probably a mental health crisis brewing. Um, that this is specific to the states, but I feel like it's related to us globally anyway. Um, but they found that um, the yeah. the that there are four groups um, that are likely to have experienced worsened mental health or have felt heightened anxiety or sleep problems. So that is um, women in general, um, people aged 50 to 64, Mm -hmm. people with higher levels of education, and individuals in poor physical health. Oh, that's interesting. As many as one-fifth of all older adults have also said that they felt their mental health had worsened during this crisis. The crisis being the pandemic, I'm assuming? Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like it's it's definitely a stressor. Like it's a and unfortunately it's like this ongoing stressor. Like it's not like a oh, mm-hmm. you know, like it's trans it's transient and it's only lasting like a month or two, which is mm-hmm. which in the early days of the pandemic, I was like, Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> like six months now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be back to normal. <laughs> I know exactly, and yet yeah, we're still we're still ongoing. It's just yeah. Anyway, but I don't know. It's it's uh, kind of sad, and I think like the other and well, I mean, Sim and I were talking about this, but like I think what bothers me about like mental health issues and like their treatment in general. I mean, other than the fact that so much of it has to be done out of pocket for so many people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and especially in Canada, like it's different from different, it's different among different provinces. Like some, in some provinces, the province will pay for some of the sessions that you might have with, like with the psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or whatever. In other provinces, you're kind of SOL. It's like, oh, sorry. Like, no, this is on you. You're going to have to like pay for it all, you know? So, and it can be expensive, right? So, Um, I mean, so that's one of the things that bothers me. But then the other thing that bothers me is like this push to like for it to be like the individual's problem. It's just like, oh, you should practice self-care and um, (laughs) like, you know, like take a bath or take a a long long walk. Yeah. Like it's just like, fuck off. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, those are all good things. But that's like, oh, I'm having a mild bout of like. You know, like I'm just in a bad mood today. Yeah, a walk's going to be fine. But like I have chronic, you know what I mean? Like I have chronic, chronic right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. it's, and it's not like um, you're, you know, a lot of people are doing those, right? Like, I mean, I know I'll speak for you, Shiv, but you and I are both the type to go get massages or some kind of quote unquote self-care things, yeah. right? Yeah. But it is still chronic because, you know, it's not going away. So yeah. what do you but, you know, it's interesting you bring up the cost factor because Mental Health Commission, they did a, a study and apparently the economic cost of mental um, illnesses this year uh, is projected to be to reach um, $80 billion. See, I mean, it has an economic and, impact, right? And like- Canadians um, spend approx- are going to spend approximately $950 million on um, in private uh, on psychologists and uh, alone in private practice, so 
and they'll pay 30% of this out of pocket, like you said. So the remainder is going to be through like, say, uh, you know, your employee insurance plans. Yeah. But that is assuming A, you take advantage of it. B, that you actually have a job that covers this. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that like some of us don't. Some of us are self-employed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's coming out of pocket anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and like, and yeah, and that's like a big economic impact for something that can be a chronic situation. Like I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just don't. I just don't like this whole fobbing things off to the individual. There's only so much. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. Like I would actually say, yes, definitely, you know, take time for your health and exercise and diet and, and self-care. I know yeah. you hate that phrase, but <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. But yeah. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, yes, for us, like we really should. But you're right. Like I feel like institutionally there should be other mechanisms in place to support those decisions. Yeah. Um. Like, don't just tell your employees, like, you know, oh, take, you know, log off at five if, you know, there's a culture of that actually not being in practice. So don't just say it, preach it, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and, but actually act yeah, on it exactly. and promote is, that. For sure. Because the thing is, is like, yeah, sure, fine. You know, you can tell people to do that. But then is it just lip service? Are you then going to penalize that person when it comes to promotion? Because it's like, oh, they didn't actually put in enough FaceTime or, you know, they didn't actually log in enough hours or whatever it is, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, like, yeah, like, and I find these like work, workplace initiatives where they like try to quote promote like healthy living or wellness. Like I find so much of it like so much of it, it feels kind of like BS. It's kind of like one of these things where it's just like, oh, we're just going to tick it off that we actually like care about our employees because we've offered it. It's not our fault that they don't take it up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. And I know it's it's hard to, to create programming, you know, especially if for larger organizations and stuff like that. But But you make a good point is that, you know, how can you create these kinds of initiatives in a way that your employees, A, know about them, um, B, they feel comfortable leaning into those initiatives. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Because there's the other piece. Because you actually raise a good point. Like, what if people are, like, worried that, oh, my gosh, if I take my sick leave, even though I'm entitled to it, that's actually one of my benefits, right? Yeah. Uh, what if that I, I'm seen as weak or not being able to do my job or, you know, yeah, um, it reflects poorly on me. So I'm, I'm wondering if those are the kinds of thoughts that people might be going, that might be going through people's heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, and I think this is the one good thing that came out of the pandemic, um, which is that like, people don't question sick days anymore. Because, like, for no. a while, people were like, do you have a doctor's note for that? Because No, really? So in some institutions, they would. They would be like, you take a sick day, and then they'd be like, mm, we need to see whether or not your options. No. And, yeah, like, yeah. And, and um, I guess and I've just been lucky that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, but, and I mean, I think I have a feeling it's more prevalent in the U.S. than in Canada. But, like, mm-hmm. that was a thing. And so then now, with COVID, they're like, no. You don't need to actually like give me a doctor's note every single time you're sick, you know? Mm-hmm. So like in some ways that's good. So if you actually need a mental health day, you can just take it, you know, as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to like having to like finagle a doctor's note for 
when you were feeling like shit and you knew you couldn't <laughs> actually like function at work, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but this burnout though. So, so what are some of the things we can do? So well, what about meditation? Do you, have you tried that? Do you find it helpful in any way? No, I know you have though. Um, I have. Yes. And there have been times when I've found it helpful, um, but clearly it, it hasn't helped me achieve some, you know, manage the chronic burnout feeling. But yeah. uh, there have been moments where I've been feeling frazzled um, in that moment. So I've done a couple of meditation sessions, like a three minute, five minute, like, you know, or the deep breath work, which I will, I won't lie, does help. And And I actually did something which I didn't realize was a thing until recently, but I would take like a glass of cold water or ice, you know, an ice pack and, and just sort of hold it to my neck. Or, oh, interesting. Um, so, but turns out that there is some, it, it's something called tipping the temperature. And it's something that people do to self-regulate um, themselves when they're actually feeling out of control. So oh. it actually helps calm you down. Oh, that's fascinating. I was like, I didn't even know that. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I was doing just it. totally doing it. Uh, that was kind of cool, actually. Uh, when, uh, you know, someone um, who, who is in the health science, uh, like in the health, um, mental health uh, industry, um, mentioned it. It was like, oh, that's called tipping the temperature. And I was like, what? And they're like, yep, you, you sort of use, you know, something cold. Like, you know, you know, when sometimes like you feel flushed or something and then you just run cold water or take a cold bath. And I've I've it's it's something that I've done over the years as whenever things have gotten felt like, oh, my gosh, they're spiraling and I need like something to (laughs) calm me down. And and so but it's a thing. So it's kind of like annoyed too that damn it I thought I discovered something new but (laughs) (laughs) not only is it not new um it's something that that's an established you know methodology I guess or process or whatever you want to call it (laughs) but um but anyway the cool thing though is that that means that it's known to work and so that might be something for other people to try out as well. <laughs> that's kind of, yeah. No, I mean, that's great. It's great that you found these like ways, but like, I mean, it's good for in the moment. Like if you're it having, is. right. It's one of those things where it's just like, yeah. So, I mean, not to knock these people who tell me like, oh, no, I know. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah I get not. it. It's just that like, <laughs> you're being in, like, yeah. Like, and like, just to reiterate the point, the thing is, is that like, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, self-care is great for, like, very transient periods of, like, feeling, you know, out of control or whatever. Like, whatever you're feeling. But, like... But you would just like the triggers not to be there in the first place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, like, or for people to realize that these are triggers and that, hey, maybe we can do something to, like, alleviate them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, anyway, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's just, I feel like part of me is just like, I don't know, is there a solution other than, like, more manpower? Because, like, it's all, it all comes down to, like, money. It's all money and, like, time and labor, right? And it's just, like, everybody wants to get something for nothing. And, unfortunately that what it comes down to is the yeah. individual because it's just like yeah we want to get the most out of you and 
mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, I made a comment recently in 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 a, in a work meeting where I was trying to be like I could feel the that you know like the way I was speaking was just sharper than I had intended. Yeah, and but it had nothing to do with the person, and so. Um, but I couldn't seem to stop myself, yeah. you know, from feeling agitated and annoyed, even though it, again, had nothing to do with the person, um, you know. And and I so then I actually did apologize uh, in that meeting. And I said, I hope I know I'm sounding annoyed and, and you know, probably a lot more rude than I intend to, (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, I just, I'm just trying to think of a way that I wish that I could stretch this 24 hours into 48 so I could get stuff done and not feel so useless and helpless all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's, that's the problem with burnout, right? Is this like, you just feel yeah. You just feel like out of control because there's just like too much to do and not enough time to do it in. Not only that, even the easy things seem hard all of yeah. a sudden, right? Yeah. Like it's like, I know that, hey, there are some things I could just knock them out of my list. Like I'm a list maker, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> I have my agendas and my planners and I just can't like something that would normally take me 15 minutes takes me 45. Yeah. Um, so then that, you know, has that compounding effect of being, making my list get longer and longer and longer. And then I just feel more and more frazzled. So then I get more and more anxious and then that just delays me further. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that's what I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> I know it's like, it's like a total catch 22 and it's just, yeah. And it's I I don't know like uh, I and the funny thing is is like I do read like I do read these things on like burnout and how to like prevent them and stuff like that but I just feel that they're not I I just don't know I don't I just don't find that they're like super super helpful like I just find yeah it's just yeah I I don't know I I don't know what to say I'm just like it's the work culture and mm-hmm. there's no way around the work culture. <laughs> you know, maybe we should just move to like Europe or something. <laughs> I, know. I know. Oh my God. I know. It's so funny. Like I, I, uh, well, I hope, I hope my friend doesn't get pissed off because like I out him, but I have this friend, he's like, um, he's from the States and he went to uh, the, Nether- he went to the Netherlands in order to, no, no, sorry, not the Netherlands. He went to Denmark um, uh, to be part of academics and like, they are fucking militant about their vacation. Like nice. militant. I could I get behind that. I, I could know. get behind that. <laughs> so yeah, because he was complaining to me. It's what? funny. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He's gonna be so What do you mean he was I, complaining okay. to you? <laughs> yeah, okay. So he was like complaining to me because apparently he was like allowed six weeks vacation. And like, but I mean, you know, coming from North America six and weeks. having this what? Six weeks. Six weeks. It was mandated. He like and he like I think everybody got it. Like it wasn't like a it wasn't like a oh you worked up to six weeks. Like I think you just like came in, you got the job, you are automatically had six weeks. So anyway, <sighs> yeah. So then he was like, but you know, he comes from North America and he's like been inculcated with our work culture. And so, you know, he had shit to do and papers to publish and manuscripts, you know, books to write and whatnot. And so he was just like, Well, I don't need all this vacation. So he would like 
not take his vacation and just delay it he'll be like oh I'll fix it and I'll take it after I'll take it after I'm done yeah Yeah, exactly and so like people had a had a talking to with him they were like you're not taking your vacation you need to start taking your vacation (laughs) oh my gosh that's amazing I love that because right I've done that right where I want to take time off but I'm like but I I'm like but if I take time off now I'll only be worried about this deadline or this deliverable or whatever I'm working on, right? So might as well just finish this and then I'll go on vacation, right? But then by that time, something new pops up. And then I delay that. And, you know, next thing you know, I have um, a lot of vacation time. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then you're taking them all at the end, right? You're just like, oh, I'm trying. But then I always end up having rollover, Mm. you know, and or, um, you know, threat of loss and then I'm like but I don't know when to take this and then you end up taking them at like the most inappropriate random time when you're not even doing anything fun you know yeah. and it's, it's not even a vacation at that point yeah for sure it just feels forced on you yeah oh yeah and that's the other thing that I want to complain about with the pandemic is just like travel used to be my like outlet because you mm-hmm. can because like when you're gone nobody can reach you they're just kind of like <laughs> yeah. yeah sorry I'm in fucking like I'm in fucking Japan. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't touch me here, you know? Like like Wi-Fi doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so, but like now, like there you can't travel anywhere. And you're yeah, like seriously, like during the pandemic when I took vacation, I would work on my vacations because it was just like, well. I'm not doing anything. I'm here. I might as well continue to work, which is the worst. The worst. (laughs) It is. And okay, I'm going to say something that's probably controversial about this pandemic work from home business. Okay. Okay. I know a lot of people love working from home. Um, and, and I get it. Like, it's probably because they've actually cut down on their commute time and commute costs and all of that. Um, and this, I'm going to speak selfishly because that's the whole point of this mental health thing. <laughs> but I am not a fan because to me now, my home, which was my sanctuary, yeah. it has become my workplace. Yeah. I don't like that. I can't unplug because... Um, you know, I live in a shoebox. We all know this. We've covered this before. <laughs> Living in Toronto, um, you know, I, I live in a very small space. And I am not like the price of, quote unquote, rolling out of bed and just starting my laptop and working from home is not as appealing when, you know, I then have these blurred lines and like, you know, and yeah. I'm constantly working yeah. because even if I'm not working, I turn my laptop off. It's there and yeah. I feel guilty because yeah. I'm like, well, it's not like I have somewhere to go because things are shut down or whatever, or especially when they were shut down. Well, I might as well just finish and do something else. Yeah. And I get it. That's on me. I have, you know, I did this to myself, but. I did do this to myself because my office is now in my home. In your house. Yeah, exactly. Like you cannot escape, right? No. And and so I, for one, really miss that separation of work and home. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe if I had a giant McMansion where I was like, yeah, I have this beautiful ocean, like ocean view 
office in the corner of like my third wing, then maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah. I don't. I have a 17 acre property and I can actually, yeah. work. my, my office yeah, is It takes like- me 17 minutes to go from, <laughs> you know, whatever. But right now, no, <laughs> my office is my living room, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And no, I don't like it. Um, so, so I know. That was no. my- your rant. rant of the day. It's a valid rant. I totally, yeah, I can totally see Is that. it because I'm so tired of running into people? Everyone's like, who's like, I love it so much. I love working from home. And I'm like, oh. You know? <laughs> I'm like, if you must know, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm just smiling. But what you're seeing is my smile while I try to make fists with my toes. <laughs> I'm secretly <laughs> plotting your murder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I oh my do goodness. not like this. This is too funny. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should probably call it an episode. I feel like there's like a lot to unpack here. <laughs> and what gave I you feel that like idea? We can probably I know, right? I feel like we can probably do an entire second part to this because there's more that I want to talk about. Plus, I want to um get into like signs of burnout and um ways of combating it because uh yeah because i feel bad <laughs> i feel bad not getting into that portion of it for our listeners. if we talk about the problems we should also discuss potential solutions <laughs> yeah exactly no that's actually totally fair and um makes a lot of sense to me so yeah i think we should definitely call it an episode here <laughs> sounds good um so yeah so everybody please write in with any um like any of your thoughts on this episode kind of you know things that you've been struggling with during this pandemic pre-pandemic post-pandemic although we're not really (laughs) post-pandemic but anyway like write in uh follow us on insta yeah and make sure that you rate and review us so that you can find us so that other people can find us um find our podcast and um you know, be part of the community. Email us at does this make me look old at gmail.com or find our social handles on our website, does this make me look old.com. And uh, yeah, we will touch base next week. Bye. Bye.